Welcome back, everybody, to the Awaken Project podcast. So before we get started on today's episode, we're actually going to do another nonprofit organization promotion. So we did a couple of these in the past if you've been listening to the show regularly. If you haven't been, I suggest you go check out some other cool organizations that are in other previous episodes. Today, to talk about the Layla Project, we have Miss Lena Nigren. Lena is a friend of mine from Mount Carmel Ministries. We worked together summer of 2019. Lena is the definition of stellar, and she's here to talk about a really cool organization she got to work with on internship, correct? Yes, that's Bingo. correct. So Lena, have at it. Talk to us. Well, thank you. First of all, thank sure. you, Stephen, yeah. so much for giving me the opportunity to speak today and what a gift it is to know you. And also, oh, we had we had a blast working. Oh, we had a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah, we had a great, great time. And so this is fun just to reconnect. And I appreciate the opportunity to speak. Um, yeah, I I work for a nonprofit called the Layla Project. And the Layla Project is a nonprofit that is desiring to reach Eastern Africa, um, the children and women who are living on the streets of Eastern Africa. And the the mission and the vision behind the project is to bring them to a home um, and, and honestly give them um, the resources they need to live a good and a um, educated, but also um, just a, a life that is giving them opportunity. Um, a lot of, of women and children on the streets are kind of living in lawlessness and doing whatever it honestly doing whatever it takes to survive. And so uh, a good friend of ours, Dennis, who lives in Ethiopia as a missionary, mm-hmm. he reached out to us and was wondering if there was any any chance to bring in people that would be willing to give money in order to build a home for these women and children. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so it's a really, really new ministry. Uh, it just started up this past summer and spring, and I had the opportunity to be an intern for them. Nice. Uh, that it's been a wild ride. It's been a lot of foundation laying and building. And I think the desire is to purchase land mm-hmm. out in, it's in Ethiopia, um, Eastern Africa, and to build this home. And then the third step would be bringing in women and children from the streets to educate, to provide um, clothing, food, yeah. school, uh, just to train them into what it what it means to be able to live um, amongst a community mm-hmm. in an, an ethical, but also just a building way ah. for the people around them. Okay. Really quickly, can you give us a job description? What did you do? As yeah. Intern? Yeah. Yeah. So this summer, um, well, just to back it up, I go to Bethel University. Bethel. Yes. There we go. Love it. Go Royals. Um, and we had a marketing, a senior marketing class that a group took on the Layla project as just wanting to design a basic marketing package for them. And they further then reached out to other business students who were wondering if people would want to be involved with that. And I remember, I remember the job description saying like, if you want something that is impactful for your life, like come join us and work with us on this. And so the summer I was an intern and what I did was a lot of Facebook and Instagram and social media and trying to reach people, mm. um, honestly, just to bring awareness to what the Layla Project was. And that was more stateside than actually in Ethiopia? Yes. Okay. Yes. Cool, cool, cool. And if you could just kind of, can you explain very quickly the, the need to, for ethical le- living? Eth- ethical living. There mm. we go. I can speak English today. I yes. promise. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Ethical living. So... What we have found um, is that a lot of young women that are living on the streets are um, are being abused, and then they are actually having kids. And then there's a whole like long line of families that are living on the streets, and their children, because they can't provide for them the resources they need, are getting caught in a lot of. Um, lawlessness and so whether that's stealing or whether that's substance abuse um this this like stream of just of not having the resources that they need um is is definitely i think what is driving a lot of that need and so it's just a i don't know kind of a, a generational right well when you say lawlessness you're not necessarily meaning there's anarchy 
per se. It's more so right. just you're trapped in a cycle that's very hard to break out of. Yes. Right. Okay. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And so, um, last question for you. Um, yeah. Have you been able to um, either speak with anybody firsthand or just a mm. personal account of like, here's some of the work that we've already been able to do with the project? That's a great question. Yeah. I remember, so Dennis um, is living in Ethiopia and this is kind of his dream mm-hmm. um, and his desire for these women and children. He, he, we actually got a call him early this summer and talk about just what his heart is and passion is behind this project. And he told us uh, that he actually has been working with the super, super unique, but the milk carton man. And he has been, has created a deal with them. So that the milk carton man in in Ethiopia. Yes. Let's go. All right. Yes. Yeah. It's awesome. And he is actually able to get a lot of extra, extra milk that typically would be thrown away. Maybe yeah. it's like close to expiration, but not quite there. And he is giving that to women who don't have the nutrients that they need in order to produce milk for their babies. Ah, so yeah. that's kind of the starting layer of like relationship building mm-hmm. with those women and children. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. And then um, this is a, a Christian organization. Yeah. And so it ultimately the, the relationships are moving towards being able to share the gospel absolutely let's freaking go absolutely that's so cool <laughs> all right can you last minute here so you did plenty of social media can you tell us anyone listening to this it's like i want to know more about this how do we connect with the layla project yeah uh we have a facebook page at right. Project. how do you spell that oh great question l-a-y-l-a bingo dot project dot project and our instagram is also layla dot project same okay. spelling to follow this right after we record this okay and this is good. This is good. and our gofundme is also Project. boom boom <laughs> all right well there you go another wonderful nonprofit that we're able to highlight here for a little bit um and some really really necessary work too i can't imagine the the countless people that in one way or another are gonna see some pretty cool fruit come with this so lena hats off to you that's fantastic and thanks for coming on being able to share a little bit with us Thanks so so much for having me, Stephen. I appreciate it. Move right into today's episode. Welcome back, everybody, to the Awaken Project podcast. As always, thank you so much for joining us on today's episode of the show. It'll be hosted today by the one and only myself, Stephen Wagner. Hey, good to see or talk to you all again. I guess I can't really see you all, but in spirit, I know you're all out there, and I really appreciate you all tuning in on this episode of the show. So, between this episode and the next one that's coming right out, we're going to be having a two- episode series focusing on relationships but from the female perspective and so we're going to be looking at singleness this week and then marriage in two weeks and so in two weeks we got mrs andrea wallen dropping some absolute heat on marriage it's going to be great but today you're listening to today's episode today i have one of my absolute best friends in the world dropping some absolute dime knowledge on singleness and just a whole bunch of other stuff too. We're gonna this there's gonna be some rabbit trails and it's gonna be good. Today's gonna be really good people. We got Miss Jane Niederloff in the house all the way from Cam Rose, Alberta. Jane! Hi. Say hi to the people. Hello people. Jane, if you could tell us just uh who you are, what you're doing right now and uh just a little bit of your experience on today's topic, that'd be great. I am Jane, as you as you informed the good folks. Um, I am. I don't know how other to describe myself as. I am like a permanent student. It seems I'm found myself in the middle of two degrees that I absolutely love, and I am just a person living life in pursuit of Christ. I just I really love Jesus, and um, yeah. Yeah, my favorite yeah. Person. I think that is a very, very solid description of Jane. 
And so before we get into the the big topic for today, Jane, if you could just really quickly outline for us, the listeners, uh, what is your ideal three-course meal? Ooh, okay. Does it have to, like, do they have to go together? Are there rules for No, this? not at all. Th- listen, this is your no this rules. is your gig. You, t- you tell us okay. and we listen. That's how this works. Okay, food. Um, can't just start. My sister does this fantastic, like... Parmesan roasted zucchini kind of deal. Oh, hello. And it, zucchini is my all-time favorite vegetable. So that right. would not go amiss. Um, and then next, I honestly sometimes just dream of, like, fresh shrimp tacos, like, in Mexico. Ooh, like, yep. some, like, fresh-made pico de gallo, just drench it in lime juice. Well, and you have had shrimp tacos. Or- yeah, shrimp tacos in Mexico, I have, right? I have. We okay, so you so you do know what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, a bunch okay. of moms and I made fish tacos. It was great. Love it, love it. Um, and then to finish, I would have to say just about any type of fruit, but then mix it with vanilla Greek yogurt, but it has to be a very specific type of vanilla Greek yogurt. I'm a snob. There's like this... Um, Crema brand. It's like ten percent fat. It's like ice cream. It's better. It's better wow. I'll say, so is good. that even yogurt? <laughs> yeah, I had it for breakfast, <laughs> which I probably shouldn't. But nice. So good. Hey, you know what? You're only here so long. You gotta treat yeah. yourself a little bit. So, boom. There you go. All right. Well, I. Uh, I'm always hungry after everyone saves their <laughs> meals. I'm like, can we just eat? Can we just like cut, take, call it even? All right, let's go get some lunch. Mm-hmm. But no, we got we got some stuff to talk about today. So, singleness. Yay. Oh man, this is. So I think this is just one of those topics where like you can either have a very surface level discussion or like everything comes out. <laughs> I, d- I don't I don't really see much of it in between. And in my ponderings of like, how the heck are we going to talk about this? It was either like all like the stuff that you can find probably in any blog of, oh, singleness, season of waiting, prepare yourself, wait to be revealed, all that, you know, whatever. Or like, yo, there are some hurts and like some just, uh, I will I will save the good words for later. But like, yeah, this is, yeah, this can go away. So, just to kind of get the ball rolling here, let's just let's let's start with this. Why is it so hard for so many people, or so many people have the experience of singleness just being a difficult season? Mm-hmm. Let's just jump. Let's jump right into it. Yeah, I think. Well, I mean, okay, I definitely know people who don't mind being single and who like don't really um, care about the idea of a future relationship, but. On the whole, it's a fairly small amount of people. Um, I think we're just lonely. Like, a lot of people just want someone to love them extra and someone they can love extra. Aww. Aww. I mean, because, you know, like... Love extra. No, that's, that's good. Yeah. Friendships, friendships are beautiful, but there is a distinct difference. Um, yeah. I think a lot of it is companionship like someone like mm-hmm. people want someone to build a life with and you can only go so far with other relationships in that respect a lot of people want families you can't really do that without another person um i mean you, i think you 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 okay you have the ability to maybe do it by yourself in vitro fertilization but it, but probably going to be a lot easier in a variety of ways if you yes. got that second person. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So, Jane, I don't know if do you watch The Bachelorette by chance? <laughs> no. Have you? I no. Don't. Jane's I like. Can't oh. it. I can't. Okay. It. So, uh, here. Yeah. Spoiler alert. No. So, I, I, for for probably a lot worse than better, <laughs> uh, watched the very first episode of season 16 of The Bachelorette. So this is Claire Crawley. Today, Thursday, October 15th, 2020, that's when we're recording this. That's when I watched this. And the one thing that really stuck out to me, just about Claire saying, like, I am 39. I have done my time. I am ready to stop doing life alone. So, bam, literally what you just said, Jane. And now she's got a whole reality TV show that happened. They made they made this happen during a pandemic. Like when, you, when you think about especially this show that... They travel literally all over the world just to try and get two people to end up together. Mm-hmm. That is commitment to avoid the single. Like, That's really yo. crazy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
but I guess that's the the lengths that we go to. Oh man, it's such a yeah. reality too. Like I, I kind of okay. So I'm like 21 years old, right? Like I I just turned 21. I'm I've spent two thirds of my adult life being single, but my adult life my adult life hasn't been that long. And I just I really feel for people and other women specifically other Christian women who really want to get married just like me like I would love to I would love to be married to someone someday um but it's like it's a lot easier when you're 21 than when you're 27 or like you were saying she's like I'm 39 and I'm done with this yeah like whoa okay for all of us that are like I'm 23 just out of college I didn't meet the man or woman of my dreams like uh." (laughs) like all right okay yeah. <laughs> There's still a lot of light left at the end of that mm-hmm. tunnel. Don't you worry. There's, yeah. Yeah. That's one thing. And then being like, even just like in your late twenties, it's a lot harder. And I think for, for women too, like your clock starts ticking and you're like, okay, if I want to have some children, I don't want to be having kids in my forties. That's you a good know? point. I really that's a very good point. To. Well, and something that guys don't really think about is, Hmm. Your your part of the job's a lot shorter than nine yeah. months, yeah. so things probably you don't think about. You do want to be able so to that's a good point. Somewhat. Yeah. That somewhat. You know. Experience. Yeah. And a, a solid attempt would be appreciated, mm-hmm. I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Gosh. Okay. Well, so let me ask you then how how long have you known that you've wanted to be married at some point? <laughs> uh, I don't know what it's like for people usually but me at least there was actually a distinct moment um oh do tell story time i laugh at myself for it now but okay so way back in the day when i was 15 years old um start of high school i one day i was watching pride and prejudice i grew up on it i can quote the five hour bbc one like no one's business but um Nice. I was watching it, and you, you spend these five hours in this story waiting for these people to get together, and then eventually they stop hating each other and they get together. Spoiler alert. Um, but I remember sitting on the couch, 15 years old, finishing this, this show and having this intense realization like, oh no, like, I want to get married someday. Not anytime mm-hmm. soon, but I want to get married. And yeah. for some reason, it was so terrifying to me because... The immediate second thought after that was, I can't guarantee, like, that's not guaranteed. Like, it's, Mm -hmm. a lot of it is very up to, like, chance and, like, whether you'll, you'll meet someone, whether it'll work out, whether there's just so many things that you can't control. You literally, you can't write that story yourself, right? No. So. No. Yeah. Well, and let me ask you this very trivial question here. (laughs) And this can you can take this as long or as short as you want. But what what is your reaction generally when you hear someone say, "I'm just waiting for the right person or the one. I'm waiting for the one, my soulmate." Mm. What is what's usually your reaction when you hear something like that? Uh, I usually like um, grimace a little bit. <laughs> um, I'm remembering. It's funny actually because I'm I'm sitting up on the third floor of the Bible school that I went to for a couple years and. Back when I was at that Bible school, um, we did a class on relationships, and I remember them talking about that, and they were like, okay, just so everyone knows, soulmates don't exist. <laughs> it's not a real <laughs> thing. And what um, what they talked about, it was this wonderful couple named Andrew and Dita, any of the LBI Connection listeners who are, who are listening will know them. But they talked about how there isn't like the one for you. There might be several ones, like this person that you meet and date might be a one, but they're not the one. Just Mm -hmm. because I think it's, it's important to stay in that space where as Christians, we have very specific criteria for the person we're gonna be with. Like, I I don't believe at all that Christians can just date anyone. I think you do have to be really picky. That's why I'm single. I'm very picky. Um, And so there can be several people in the world that would work, but um, not just one. I think that's really unrealistic. 
Yeah. Well, I think one of the best forms of advice that I've ever heard on that is, so if you're going to use the, the word right, per se, so that's implying that there is a correct choice that is made. Well, we as Christians believe that we live in a broken, broken world where a lot of people have made a lot of not-so-great choices. And so by implying that there is a right person out there, that also implies that a lot of other people have also made the right choice. So how can you guarantee that everybody else has made the right choice, that your right person is indeed still out there, if you're just going like a one-to-one basis here. That's also part of this equation. Um, but just that I don't think we understand like how many different choices truly go into that one person even being, let's say, available. Mm-hmm. And then, oh, by the way, like you have to make some good choices to have that person be like, ah, you there. You look like a viable option. Let's see how this goes. You know, so... Yeah, I'm with you on the the soulmate thing. Yeah, maybe sounds good on a Hallmark card, but in terms of actual practice, yeah. I mean, and again, this this is just us. If you're like, guys, you have no idea what you're talking about, let us know. We're going to still disagree with you, but certainly have at it. Mm. Go for the disagreement. Something with that, too. I think the idea of, like thinking that there's, oh, just that one person that you have to find, I think that totally gives you an unrealistic idea of relationships and marriage in general. And I'm sure you talk about that with Andrea in two weeks, guys. Um, But it's like, if you think... Thanks for the plug, by the way. Good plug. Thank you, thank you. Yeah. Um, If you think that you've found the one, you're not going to be able to help but expect them to be perfect in ways, even if you don't think you're... Yes. Ooh. Like, and that's... Come on now. I will, I will bring this back to singleness now, actually, so that I don't go on too much of a tangent. But, like, I think... The, the idea of, like, we're all sinners. If you're dating someone, they're a sinner. Like... Yo, for real? <laughs> yeah, the... One way... To find out that you're a sinner is to date someone and see how much yeah. you mess with them, right? Like it's yes. It's oh, come on now. Well, they're expecting somebody to expecting somebody to be perfect, and then you realize that oh, I'm a lot more broken than I thought I was. Yeah, because, like, as human beings, um, and especially human beings living in North America, we get to generalize because of the border between us, but um. We, we live in this crazy culture where romantic relationships are, like, the be-all, end-all. Like, the fact that The Bachelorette is even a show kind of speaks to Yeah, for real. For me. Well, and it's, and it's, a, it's not just a show. It's got a, like, international following. Oh, my goodness. It is, yeah. 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 So, they got, oh, they got a couple Canadians on it, uh, by yeah. the way. <laughs> Good job, so, guys. You, guys are, you guys are in on it, too. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, the, the culture that we live in is so overly romanticized where... As a Christian with, I live in this paradigm of like, God is number one. He is worthy of worship. He is where my identity comes from. Then you get into this romanticized culture where they might not be saying it outright, but all the subliminal messages are saying, like, you need someone to complete you. Um, Or or if they're not saying that, they're saying, you can complete yourself, honey. Um, Yes. Oh, come on now. Jesus, I'm nothing. I'm empty. I'm dust, right? Yeah. Mm, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And so it just kind of speaks to me of one of those struggles when you're single is wanting to have another person who loves you specifically and has chosen you specifically. And like that kind of situation gives you a lot of affirmation and it makes you feel like you have a lot more value. Um, and so it, it comes right into like identity level issues where it's like, we don't believe that we're enough if someone doesn't love us. Um, and I think most women feel that on a level if like, I know that is the, the sinful nature in me that thinks that it's, it's Mm -hmm. not actually true. I am whole and I am enough on my own, but there's a part of you that wants to believe yeah. it's not true unless someone loves me. Well, and there's a big difference too between being whole and being enough because of Christ or believing that you're whole and enough because you got there yourself. Uh-huh. 
And I mean, that, I mean, that applies to, to men as well. I mean, to all people, uh-huh. you know, and yeah, I think we also, we, we live in a year in an age per se that there's plenty of, um, plenty of philosophies out there that, you know, that simply you are enough. You got out of bed today. Uh-huh. You're good. And listen, am I trashing that saying like, like you aren't enough? Like just because like some days, like, yeah, that is an accomplishment uh-huh. getting out of day. I'm supporting that. But what I am saying is don't forget about the other side of it. Don't forget about where that uh-huh. came from. Why you know, why is, yeah, exactly. If if you're going to if you are going to claim that you matter on that kind of level, that can't just be by chance. I think that's one of the things, at least that that I think irks me the most, is when people kind of toss around like unconditional love, just willy nilly. Is like, do you realize how much has to go into unconditional love for it to actually be unconditional? Yeah. You know. I mean, like the forgiveness and the grace that we live in, that cost the cross, like. Exactly. Yeah. It's, it it has to come right down to that. Like, yeah, it goes straight to the gospel. <laughs> and yeah. So yeah, I think those temptations of wanting to find our value in things other than than God, it's it's heightened in the area of relationships because I think a romantic relationship is the easiest idolatry. It, yeah. it just is. Well, and I think we just, I think all of us do forget that anything that is made by humans, constructed by humans, ultimately will fall apart. Mm-hmm. We are exactly 0% success rate in building something <laughs> or creating something that has sustained any kind of test of time, per se. You know, if it's a, if it's a person, you know, a, a relationship, like, if you get to marriage, like, that's different. I mean, if that's, a, you know, that's a God or if it's a Christ ordained marriage, that's what I'm trying to say, then okay, boom, there you go. But if you, I mean, just still a lot of work from there, but like, all right, you got something. But like, just if you want to start on the level of structures or organizations, governments, I mean, mm-hmm. anything that is built by humans eventually will fall. We're it's just a matter messy. of time. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and so what, makes you think that a relationship with two people with deep 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 emotions whether that be emotions that have been put in a box and kicked around and they people think that they don't even exist anymore or people that they're just raging all over the place there's yeah it's a lot oh okay Uh come on people jesus (laughs) good guy y'all need him yeah 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 but yeah okay so transition i'll get off my soapbox now um Yeah. So I think you you got to this a little bit earlier, but just let me ask you now, just kind of like, this actually, this ties in well. Um, So the desire of being in a relationship and can you just kind of talk a little bit about the difference between having a desire that maybe is in you because you're in a culture that emphasizes it a lot or desire that actually comes from God? You know, and so this is um, if you're looking at a Bible here, we're looking at Psalm 37, verse four here, which is, uh, I think, a pretty popular verse when we're just kind of talking about like, where do your like, where do where do your desires really come from? And, you know, God literally saying like, like, I will I will honor the desires of your heart. But what we forget about a lot of the time is that, you know, when when God does that, that means that, well, we've already aligned with him in that case. And so the desires of our heart are actually his desires here. So the full verse, uh, now that i got to pull it up, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Uh-huh. Simple as that. So Jane, have at it. Yeah, I'd love to talk through this. Um, so first of all, you kind of have this dynamic between... Um, can we say earthly desires and godly desires, I guess? I Yeah, I mean, for, for lack of more in-depth terminology, yeah. I think that can work for yeah. now. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, I think there's definitely, there are definitely desires that are just of the world and that are sinful, and we just need to, like, let them die with our sinful nature. Um, like, all the, all the, there's an endless list, I'm sure. Um but then it is good that you bring up like there are genuine desires that we have as human beings i think a really good place to go is straight back to genesis when god was creating man human beings um 
and he creates Adam and then actually I was I was in a Bible study with a bunch of ladies a while back and we were talking about this in the Genesis account God creates all the all the animals and everything and then he creates Adam and then he says oh it's it's not good for Adam to be alone like he needs a, a suitable companion so God is saying from the start that like relationships are important and like the structure of the Trinity, like God is a relationship in and of himself. So it makes sense that people made in his image need relationship, um, friendships and intimate relationships like, like marriages. Um, and so God uh, goes to Adam and we found this funny. He goes through all the animals and he's like, mm, no, this one's not a good companion. No, that one won't work. That one won't work. There's no suitable helper. It's kind of funny that God bothered to go through all the animals. Well, I mean, like in the back of his mind, you know, he knows exactly yeah, what he's gonna do. Yeah. Maybe just to, you know, just to entertain Adam here for <laughs> right? a little bit. So we're all, so we're all on the same page. Yeah. Yeah, but the whole time he's like, I'm gonna make you a lady. So, um, I think that is really natural and good. Like people want a suitable companion to do life with I think it's it's great and I think that when you're in that close and intimate and accountable of a relationship with someone like I said earlier you see a lot of the sin in yourself but you also you grow so much and you're sanctified so much and you learn so much so it is a good thing and I think a lot of us just really genuinely have that desire um that is one of the the desires of our hearts. So then you do kind of get into trouble though when um, I know there, there are people who will say, and I don't, I don't want to say they're wrong, I just want to be careful about telling people this kind of thing where they're like, oh well if it's like a genuinely like God-given God desire and it's not a sinful thing then you can take that to mean that like God will give you a spouse someday um, if it's a genuine desire. I I like the idea of that and it makes a certain amount of logical sense to me but at the same time like what I realized when I was 15 I guess is like we're still not guaranteed that and mm -hmm. like I know women who have been celibate their entire lives and it's not because they didn't want to get married it's just because no one suitable came around and they refused to settle um for for less than someone who who really loves god and is is willing to make a marriage work with them so and huge props to them yeah huge honestly, huge props yeah some of the most incredible people ever like honestly i have prayed for God to give me the gift of celibacy so that I can just be like that and never have to worry yeah. about it again. Yeah. Yeah. Be, be so like nice. Paul. Yeah. 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 So here's a question. Um, as single Christians, should being absolutely content in singleness be the goal? Mm. And so kind of what you're getting at here of like, Man, like if I could just if I could be content in being completely celibate and just have all the affection that I could ever need from, you know, from friends, from from where I stand, you know, with my relationship with Jesus, all that no like not stand is not like sorry, not a status, but like just like having confidence in what yeah. happened at the cross. And is that really the goal? I think the goal is always to have confidence in what happened at the cross. I I well, okay. All right. All right. All right. All right. <laughs> um, yeah. But I know, I know what you're getting at. I think, um, yeah, like I, I definitely went through a long phase in my life where I was like, I, my goal is to be content in singleness. I am going to accomplish this. I'm going to somehow just like discipline these desires out of me. I won't need it. And I think in the back of my head, I was thinking as soon as I don't want it, I'll get it. Um, I think there's a lot of people who think that uh, way. I, yeah, oh, yep, yeah, you, yep, you, been there. You been try there. to, like, kind of, like, fake God out, and you're like, yeah, so once I yeah, don't want like, it, you'll give me uh -huh. someone, right? <laughs> yeah. 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 And people will tell you that's how it works, too. Sometimes it does, sometimes it doesn't. Um, right. Yeah, so when I was, like, in my early adulthood, 18 or so, I definitely 
had that mindset of I'm going to be completely content and I think it's a worthy goal I think you just have to be careful how you go about it I I mean there's always ditches to fall into with things like we can we can have great intentions and then totally botch things but I think it's not necessarily realistic or healthy to expect yourself to just kill a desire that you yeah. naturally have like mm -hmm. I I spent enough of my life like stuffing the things I felt like <laughs> I don't want to go back to that kind of thing right so yeah. I think for me I definitely spent some time um pretending that I that I didn't want to be with somebody um, but I think the older you get and the longer you're single, that probably gets harder because it's just a reality that that's something you really want. And right. yeah, so I don't think it's good to just try and kill it. Um, but I don't think it's good either. And we see this all the time to just totally give into it and let your life become, oh, I'm lonely. I just want someone letting the way I end up seeing it in a lot of of people and, and women especially is you end up feeling like you're waiting for your life to start and like your life doesn't mm. start until that person shows up and then things right. can actually start. Mm -hmm. um, I think that is folly to the highest degree and that as partially as women living in a society where we have rights, which is really cool, um, and where we don't need a husband in order to have any like impact on our communities. I right, think right. that mindset of I need a man in my life in order to mean something or to be able to do anything or for life to start. Um, it's just hobbling you and keeping you from doing and experiencing all the wonderful things you can because like, you're no more or less of a person if you're single than if you're with someone. Right. I think well, that kind of goes back to like perfect kind of tie back to like, you say like you are enough in your singleness. Like, yeah, you and Christ, you're good. Uh -huh. Golden. Uh -huh. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'd, I'd just say, I mean, we're trying to stick on the, the, the women's perspective here, but I like, I can just 10 second testimony here. Like, the amount of cool things that I've been able to do because I've been single for so far the good majority of my early 20s is incredible, mm -hmm. you know? And you, I mean, you've got your own laundry list of adventures yeah. and things that you've been able to do, you know? Definitely. Yeah. Yeah, it's super good. And I think that's that's what brings it to something really important that I want to talk about. And I do actually get really excited about this. Um, singleness is a... I, I love being single and I love talking about it. Not because... I have the gift of celibacy and I don't actually care. So my opinion is irrelevant to all the people who do want to be in the relationship. I prefer being uh -huh. in a relationship, but it's like you have so much more time and energy. And this is what Paul talks about the famous um, chapter for uh, biblical views on singleness is first Corinthians seven, seven, I think. Um, and Paul talks about it, and he's talking to the church in Corinth, and he's saying, like, I wish you could all be like me and just be single. Like, that would be great. Um, but... Think of all the stuff you'd get done. Right? <laughs> think of <laughs> my goodness, because relationships take time and energy, and it's wonderful, yeah. but it's time and energy. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was, I was actually talking to a friend the other day about this, and someone my own age and he was saying how he's actually really glad that at this season in his life he's not married because I'm sure we've all seen this that kind of thing that happens when a friend of yours gets married and then they kind of fall off the map they They're just gone. disappear it's like nice yeah. knowing you nice I'll knowing you yeah come to the yep. baby shower like you know right so yep. he was kind of commenting on that and how he has so many more opportunities to engage in community and build relationships with people where they can see Christ through him. I'm extrapolating on this. It wasn't that long of a conversation, but I mean, I'm enjoying it. Yeah, so there's that, yeah, but it's just so true that it's like, 
when you're in a place of singleness, it's so much, it's so freeing and so much more joy filled to take a stance of, okay, God, what can I do now and here in my situation um, to glorify you and to bring your kingdom? And when mm -hmm. you're single, you have so many opportunities. You can pick up and go anywhere. You don't have to depend on another person for plans. Um, and I, I mean, I do think like when people get married, they kind of disappear. That's, that's fine and normal. I don't think it has to happen. I mean, my dream would be like with the person I maybe end up married to just like duo for Jesus evangelizing yeah. and yeah. all that fun stuff. And you're like, cool, hanging out in the same spaces. What a concept. Yeah. Yeah, but it's it's not not everyone has as much of like an, an evangelistic community drive as I do, so that's right. That's fine. Yeah. But yeah, it's just it's so important. Um, Paul goes on in that chapter to talk about it, and he says to men and to women that um, I'm paraphrasing because I can't remember exactly what he says, but he says when you're married like you're worried about pleasing your wife or pleasing your husband and that's a good thing like you are supposed to pay attention to them <laughs> but if you're single all that time and energy goes to pleasing the lord like you can direct it that way so just kind of the the passion that i have and the conviction that i've been given as a single person is i have this time and this energy and these opportunities I don't want to waste it sitting around wishing that someone would come and quote-unquote complete me. Um, I want to use it and take advantage of it to glorify God and to like make disciples and build the kingdom. It gets me pumped. <laughs> yeah. So we got, we got, we're on to our last topic. How was, how's that in okay, terms cool. of time? But so I think a lot of what we've been talking about here can kind of not necessarily be summarized, but it certainly can connect into a one word <laughs> that Jane, you have, um, you have described as one of your favorite words. And I will let you be the one that says what that one word ah, is. Da, 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 da. There we go. Preamble. Okay, so you guys know when you're having a conversation with someone and you're like, oh, like, is it this or is it this? Or like, I'm struggling between like, I'm too busy, but I need rest. That's the classic Christian one. Um, yeah, yeah. Like all these things. And you're like, I just, I just need to find a good balance. La -da 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 -da. Um, balance is like my least favorite word ever. The, you don't have to take <laughs> this super seriously. It's just... It's just my philosophy and check back in 20 or 30 years, I'll write a book about it. But um, I, the word is um, tension that I've come and just in my own mind, in my own thinking, in my own theology, I've kind of replaced the word balance with tension. Every time I'm tempted to say it, I say tension because balance implies that you find this perfect spot and you just stay there, and you're just good. Mm. It's like, mm -hmm. that's not realistic. Like, you're a human being. You're going to have highs and lows, and I think tension, tension implies that you have two things pulling against each other, like two forces working against each other, right? And so in the concept of singleness maybe you have this desire to be with someone and it can be a really godly desire you can want to raise wonderful godly children with that person and welcome people into a home with that person and all those good things um so you have that desire that's pulling one way and then you have the fact that you're single just naturally pulling the other way and you can't just fix that i mean you can go out and find well, there someone is there is no one point that you're going to be able to find that all of a sudden the peace of God will just descend on you like a dove and everything's magically fine. Yeah, that can happen, yeah. but it usually doesn't last your entire life. Oh, that yeah, there you go. Be... It doesn't sustain. That's probably a good yeah. point, too. It doesn't sustain. Yeah. Yes. And so I think it's 
it's kind of like with anything else, it's that constant daily Christian struggle of um, living in the tension and not pretending that it's not there or thinking that everything's wrong because it's not there. I don't think it should surprise us. I mean, we, we live in a broken world that is overrun by sin and evil. But at the same time, like we're children of Christ and he died for us and the kingdom is coming on earth. Like that's going to be a pretty tense situation where you have two distinctly different realities happening at the same time where you have sin and like the righteousness of God covering you. It's yeah, it's messy. And mm -hmm. so it's actually brought me a lot of peace to look at things in that way and be like, okay, I'm not doing something wrong because I want this thing, but it's not happening or because I'm struggling with this thing and I can't find the balance. I think those things are really important because they make us fall on Jesus. Um, I am so grateful for the hard experiences I've had. I mean, the last couple of years have been really challenging for me. I've taken up a lot of new and exciting and scary endeavors and laid other ones aside. And all in all, the tension between like grief and hope has just made me have to come face to face with Jesus. And in it's like he's asking me, Jane, do you trust me with your happiness? Do you actually believe that I am enough for you, that I am oh. sufficient. Oh, come on now. And I honestly answer no sometimes. I'm like, no, I don't believe yeah. that, but I know it's true. Mm. And, mm -hmm. and um, yeah, tension is just, it's, it's trust and it's dependence. And Christian maturity doesn't look like finally having it figured out and balancing on your one little spot of peace it's it's face first in front of the cross deeper dependence on christ yeah well and and just to kind of start to wrap up here mm -hmm. i think man like what a word honestly to consider synonymous with singleness hmm. you know is tension just because i mean exactly what you mentioned how many people you know, they just find themselves, they find themselves in seeming this eternal struggle uh -huh. that you can't, like you're in the, in this search for peace through a person, it, you wind up sometimes destroying yourself. I know I've just been absolutely wrecked before trying to navigate sing, like singleness uh, when I didn't want to, when I wanted somebody else and, you know, just couldn't see past my own nose and thought like it was the right person and it wasn't and wasn't willing to accept singleness and just refused to live in the tension mm -hmm. which actually wound up causing a heck of a it was it was sure more tension but i wouldn't say tension i caught more destruction mm -hmm. you know that's just me I, and i don't know if you, this is we're not here to hear about my stuff we're here <laughs> to hear about your stuff jane so i was anything kind of along your lines that sounds similar to that that you'd be willing to kind of wrap up wrap us up with yeah, well, I just I just think, at least in my own experience, like, being single has taught me, being single and not wanting to be, <laughs> um, has taught me beautiful things about letting, letting Jesus be enough. Because, like, in the end, this life is so short, and it matters, it's really important, but, like, we don't, we don't follow the same rules as the rest of the world as Christians. Mm -hmm. Like we live in this upside down economy of Jesus does everything. Um, and Jesus is enough and everything that I could ever want out of a relationship, um, everything that I can naturally and genuinely and purely desire from a romantic relationship I can find that in Jesus and eventually I will um, like in eternity with him be fulfilled in that and the tension won't be so painful but for now it's enough to just trust him and continually every day come back 
Yeah. Yeah. Boom. Oh, so, so good. Yeah. Come on, Jane, now. <laughs> Don't oh! underestimate your singleness, people. Lo- Let it be a yes. gift. Yes. Yeah. Mm. All right. Well, on that note, I think it's, uh, we're about time here. So, um, Jane, thank you, thank you, thank you so much for, again, taking the time out of your day to come and chat. This has been oh, fantastic. I just, I love, so like, I don't know if I, I can't remember if I mentioned this in the beginning of the episode, but I will just randomly call Jane at, you know, I don't know, whatever. Like, we've had some very late night conversations that just, you know, I, I call it like 1030 and then it's one o'clock. I'm like, oh, well, okay, then I should go to bed. Or just middle of a Saturday, whatever, and there's like the intention is literally just to have conversation, um, and Jane and I just kind of ramble about who knows what for who knows how long, um, and so I guess just on a personal note, it's nice to for other people to get to peek into those conversations because they hold a special place uh, in my heart to say the least. So I always tell Jane afterwards, I'm like, I don't, I, in no way do I think that I'm worth this much of your time. <laughs> But I will take, I'm very much appreciative that I get this much of your time on this day. So, again, Jane, thank you, thank you, thank you for taking your time to chat with me and let other people have a little window in it, too. Yeah. So. Thank you so much, yeah. Stephen, too. This is a, a huge honor and a privilege. I'm a big, big fan of the Awaken Project, and I think it's going to do some beautiful things. So, it's an honor to be a part of it. Awesome. Oh, love it. Love you. There you go. I should say that too. Yay. Ha ha. Um, so on that little, little bombshell there of just absolute adorableness, uh, if you have not already, uh, subscribed to the Awaken Project podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you listen to the show, I suggest that you do so so that way you can listen to more cool people like Jane and make sure that you catch Andre's episode in two weeks because that one is going to be incredible. Um, give us a like on Facebook. Go check us out on the Instagram. We got some really sweet new logo stuff coming out too. You're going to see a lot of leaves on the page if you check it out right now. So maybe some other cool things too. So, Go do that. If you want to engage with us, send us a DM, a message, an email at the theawakenproject.us at gmail.com. Any way that we can connect with you, we legitimately want to do so. We want to be walking with you however we can. And so on that note, my name is Steven, and this has been another episode of the Awaken Project Podcast. We'll see you all later.